0: Hello and welcome back to Booch Ball. I'm your host Alex, joined as always by my lovely, lovely co-host, Freed. How you doing over there, Freed? Ah, oh, you spoil me, Alex. I'm doing great. Good to see you. <laughs> oh, man. Freed, we were spoiled with uh, quite an interesting college football slate last weekend, weren't we? Saturday was a good day. There was so much going
1: on, non-stop action. I was trying to stop watching college football all day, but I just really couldn't do it, especially in the evening. Those games coming out of the wire, there was like three at the
0: same time. Dude, we couldn't get enough of that sweet, sweet college football. We had some, a bunch of ranked teams get uh, turned upside down. We saw Clemson losing to NC State. Love to oh, see my it. God. We saw Oklahoma kind of sucking but still winning. And... Notre Dame apparently we have to keep watching Notre Dame games this season because they keep on playing good games and winning but are they for real are they just they are we I think we find out after the fact when Notre Dame plays a team that they're not actually good like I don't know we'll have to see what happens there gotta wait and see. We'll just have to wait and see, Freed. Crazy weekend in college football. Also a bit of a crazy weekend for myself, personally. I was at a wedding in Atlanta, Freed. The site of Miami's utter destruction at the hands of the University of Alabama. Atlanta can be a dangerous place. (laughs) It can, Freed. I go down there for a wedding, and Freed, I'm in the wedding party. I'm having... One of the greatest nights of my life, having so much fun. I'm out tearing up the dance floor, dancing with only women who are 55 and older. That's the (laughs) only way to do it at a dance party. We're dancing on the floor. But the problem is the wedding venue is 45 minutes away from our hotel. So we all pile into buses at the end of the night. And what I realize in the bus is that the bus I've gotten into is the 55 plus bus which was fun for the dance floor, but not where I want to be like going with the rest of my night. And so me and a couple of friends on this bus realize that we're on the wrong bus and we go, holy shit, we're on the wrong bus. We're not on the fun bus. We make the executive decision right as the bus is about to leave that we're leaving this bus going to the other bus. Peace out. Great decision. The other bus is way more fun. The only problem is I get 45 minutes back to the hotel, go off the bus, go to my pocket, Freed, I do not have my phone. Oh no. On the old bus? Freed. Or at the venue? I check, I go back to my hotel room, check my laptop. My laptop tells me my phone is in Noonan, Georgia, 45 minutes away. I have like a meltdown in my hotel, and then I'm like, okay, I have to just wake up super early, get my phone. So my friend orders me an Uber at like 7 a.m. the next morning, I go 45 minutes down. The Uber guy drops me off. I'm like, hey, by the way, I'm looking for my phone here. If you can just stay put, like I'm, my flight leaves in like three hours. So if you can just drive me back once I find it, he's like, yeah, okay, drops me off. As he's dropping me off, he's like, you know what? I actually just got another ride. I'm gonna take this. Good luck with your phone. I'm nice. there. Look for my phone. My phone is not there Freed. I and while i'm there, I realize I have the brain blast i'm like my phone is on the bus, which is definitely in Atlanta right now i'm at the wedding venue the owner of the venue just happens to be there he's like did that guy just abandon you here, I was like yes. (laughs) Guy offers to drive me 30 minutes to the airport doesn't charge me I get to the airport go on my laptop find the number for the bus company call the bus company they have my phone. Get on wow. the plane. Come back to Connecticut. The bus company just shipped me my phone and it just came in the mail earlier today, Freed. I am now That's big. reunited with my phone. Baby. So how are you texting me about football all weekend? Laptop, bro. I'm an Apple man. Even though today is a oh. strawberry week, Freed. That's right. We will be transitioning to the first segment of our show, and that's telling you what we're drinking.
1: We have a special guest today. Johnny from CFB Edge has joined the show. You can follow him on Twitter, at CFB Edge, here to share some insights on all things college football and especially Miami, of course. And a little bit of booch. A little bit of booch. Before we get too, too far into the college football realm, why don't we talk about booch? Today, we're drinking GT's Strawberry Serenity. And, and uh, Johnny, I know I asked you this when we were first talking on Twitter, but you have had booch before. What do you think?
2: I had oh, kombucha before, just That's four. gonna explode. Oh, you're shaking it too <laughs> hard, you're explode? shaking it too
0: hard. Oh, don't shake it, don't shake it. <laughs> We've learned that early on the show that it's gentle inversions. Thank the, you. Yes, thank you. I saw the stuff
2: it. at the bottom. Listen, I only got it once because I, I heard it was uh you know healthy and good for you, and um whatever. I saw it at some grocery store I was at and I grabbed it and I had a couple of sips and I thought this is pretty disgusting. But that said, I'm willing to try it again. Since I'm on with you guys. So, uh yeah, you know, just say when and I'll, well, I think we should probably wait a minute. Yeah, so wait it for that to sell. all over my computer. But yeah, whenever you guys. We do,
1: appreciate yeah. that bravery. Yeah, you may want to open that <laughs> around the corner a little and seal it right back up right away.
2: As far as I'm concerned, it's kind of like uh, when you first add alcohol. You know, it doesn't taste good, but you're drinking anyways because yeah. everybody else is doing it. So, and I'm now, here. I'm going to drink whatever you guys yeah. like. I hope I like it at the end of the day. But either yeah. way, I'm going to drink it. So. Here
0: we are. We could come off on the other side of this thinking that maybe you love kombucha and this could be a great. Hey, that's opportunity.
2: that's Like you said, the taste the taste buds are always changing. Yeah. That's 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 uh it's a fact, you know. And uh, yeah, we'll see. And what even happens.
0: if you hate it, it could be good content for us to have, you know.
2: <laughs> Either
0: way, we win. Mm-hmm. All right. strawberry serenity. What do you say we pop this little sucker open? That's a nice. That's a nice little smell I'm getting off of this. Strawberry flavor. This uh, mine's very carbonated. Um, I like when
1: when it's carbonated personally, and this has this has a lot of carbonation.
2: Yeah, it nice. Tell you what, this color. is much better than I remembered it. I have. Oh to yeah, he's taking it, a little sip. Good. Question for you: Does 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 Booch go bad? Yes. It Even if be. it's uh, if it's bottled and and, and whatnot, if it's. Uh,
1: so it's, it's, like that. it's supposed to be refrigerated um, pretty much at all times. Once, once it's drinking. bottled, if you leave it out for a few days, it will go bad. If it's in the fridge, like if you drink half the bottle and put it in the fridge, it's going to be fine, but it'll just lose carbonation, kind of like a soda. It's just going to stop tasting good after a few days once you lose that carbonation.
2: I have to I have to be honest here. Um, the last bottle I had probably sat... In the cabinet below the counter for eight months before I opened it, so <laughs> that, could, that could play into the, uh, the that oil. could play a
0: factor. Absolutely, yeah, that it could. Yeah, that, that boot days, started making it. other bootch after that point. That that's that might have been a hard kombucha <laughs> by that point. This tastes like strawberry jam that's been carbonated. Like I think there's got to be puree in here, right?
1: Got to be puree. <laughs> We'll take a look at the ingredients when we move on to the boocha barometer.
0: That's right, we will, freed. Well, Johnny from CFB Edge, we love having you here. I'm glad that this booch is, uh, is sitting a little better with you. I'm glad it's a, a good booch and not a bad booch for you. But enough of all this booch talk for the time being. It's time for us to move on to the next segment of our show, and that is, of course, what we're thinking. want to take a little time to go around the circle here and
1: Johnny are there any teams that have been impressing you or not so much this year like who, who do you got with their stock up and who do you got with their stock down
2: oh boy um stock up I have to give it to Penn State and uh I'm coming from Pennsylvania I'm actually a Penn State graduate and that makes me hate them more than most other teams in fact the last game I think I was at at Penn State was when Miami ran them out of the building Uh, in 2001, my friends made me leave at halftime, (laughs) but I hate Penn State because I went there and because of the area on front. However, that being said, I I look at this team and I think that they are a quarterback away from challenging for really the national championship, right? I mean, everybody's got chinks in the armor right now. Penn State defensive secondary, defensive line, (sighs) wide receivers. If Clifford can pull it together, I don't see any reason this team can't challenge and make a real run at it.
1: I've got a couple teams from the Big 12 that I want to give a little bit of props to. I would have loved to have had this game in our slate for the week, but there just wasn't any room. But I'm going to give some props to Oklahoma State and to Baylor. Both teams are now ranked 4-0. and Oklahoma State just beat K-State. Baylor just beat Iowa State. And we just got to give a little bit of props to these 4-0 and teams who are under the radar right now. What are you thinking, Alex?
0: Hmm. Well, as far as stocks that are continuing to rise, obviously uh, Georgia, I feel like, has just been a team that continues to impress. And Freed, you were kind of coming out of the gates. You, I mean, you were at the beginning of the season saying you thought Georgia was basically going to win it all. But boys, talk about where our strawberry stocks are falling. Let's take a look at a 4-0 and team that is very disappointing right now. The Oklahoma Sooners, where you had Oklahoma's own fans chanting for Spencer Rattler's backup. That is a stock that I feel like that is one of the uh, fastest falling stocks for a 4-0 team.
1: So I actually had Oklahoma as my pick to win it all. But I was saying at the beginning that I liked Oklahoma and Georgia 1-2. and I'm not ready to get off the Oklahoma bandwagon just yet because they've been slow starters for each of the last few years but they have been very shaky. Mm -hmm.
2: You know, it's funny you guys mentioned um, Oklahoma being down. Uh, Not everybody believes in the PFF pro football focus statistics, and I'm not even sure I do either, but this is the first year that I've purchased a premium membership. So I like to mess around with the stats on Sundays and Mondays. And and one of the stats that I noticed, in fact, I, I tweeted it out was, Pro Football Focus has a statistic called big time throws. Now, I don't know exactly how they grade these things, but a big time throw is most likely what it sounds like, right? Either it's a long one or you fit it in a window or whatever. And what I saw was that Spencer Rattler on the season has zero big time throws. So what I was doing was I was clicking who's got the most and then you can click on the, uh, the icon and it shows you who's got the least. Well, when I clicked on who's got the least, Rattler's name popped up as number one. I couldn't believe it. This guy's supposed to be a Heisman winner. yeah. And uh, he's also got six. They also grade turnover-worthy plays. Thrown into coverage, should have been picked, wasn't picked. Oh, yeah. Rattler's yeah, got yeah. six. Now, I think the leader in the, in the nation had like eight or something like that, but six was up there. So his numbers are not there. And uh, you watch what Oklahoma, uh, the product they put out there as well. Uh, defensively, they're they, they look okay, but... Uh, the offense needs to start clicking if they're going to make any noise. That's interesting
1: numbers. And yeah, the reason I was so high on them this year was because their defense was supposed to have been better. And you just assume the offense will be there. You assume with Lincoln Riley, the QB is going to perform. And one of the stats I've seen in that same realm is that he just hasn't been throwing the ball downfield very much. He's only gone downfield on deep throws like 5% or something low like that, which may explain why he has no big time throws, but that ratio of, big-time throws, the turnover-worthy plays is worrisome. You're right.
2: Other stock downs, I mean, to me, I don't know if Notre Dame's stock was ever up. I know we're going to talk about Notre Dame later, so I'll save that for them. Or I'll save the uh, uh, breakdown for Let's uh, talk about here. it
0: right now. This is the time to talk about Notre Dame because I actually, when I was writing some of my notes down, I put Notre Dame, Notre Dame was the only team where I just put like a line going in both directions because we have no idea how good they are.
2: Agreed. Yeah, agreed. And uh, my issue with Notre Dame is I don't even know if they do anything well. Right. Uh, They're winning. So they're doing that well, I guess. Uh, But if you look into their numbers, uh, they don't have a rush game. They can't run the ball. Uh, They've had injuries on the offensive line, but the pass rush against them has been a problem. And the quarterback's, really are not able to move the ball downfield. The tight end's great. Yeah, they aren't efficient enough or explosive enough, and they just they keep getting by. I think I bet against them every week this year, and I think I lose every single week. Uh, you know, Florida State Florida State pushed them a little bit, and uh, um, Toledo pushed them, but they lost. Both the teams lost, and, and they keep winning. But I like Cincinnati this week, I think. You have a Cincinnati team that has a, a, a great defensive line, that should give the Notre Dame offensive line of trouble I don't know that Notre Dame's going to be able to run the ball really the question in my mind is is the Cincinnati offense goes kind of as Desmond Ritter goes right he he can he's one of those players that can um go three and out five times in a row but he can also then wow you with some kind of crazy pass or a run or something like that and, it's the down-to-down stuff that uh, is a problem in my eyes with the Cincinnati offense. I think their defense is great. I think they struggle a little bit with efficiency on offense. And uh, if they can pull that together a little bit, uh, I, th- I think they're going to be Notre Dame anyways, but I think that um, this might be the year that you finally get a G5 team into the playoffs if they can get that together a little
0: bit. This is music to your ears, Freed.
1: The last month of last season, I was – on my soapbox every week saying that Cincinnati should have been in um, knowing that they wouldn't, but regardless, here's one for stock down. How about an entire conference? Let's go to the ACC with that Clemson loss. Oh no. I mean, does the ACC have a path to the playoffs at this point realistically?
2: I think it's gotta be no. Right. I mean um, you look at Clemson. Uh, I, again, I'll go back to the PFF stats, and I, you know, I don't have these things memorized or anything like that. But just yeah. I, I look and I click around, and some of them stick in your head. They, they jump out at you, right. And uh, uh, a DJ, I, I can't even pronounce his last name. We're not even going to try. You can, everybody knows, and yeah, I've tried it, believe me. And he, he's a highly touted recruit, but he is the number one. Uh, I shouldn't say number one. He's the lowest rated power five quarterback as far as completion completion percentage goes of anybody with more than 75 snaps. That was something that I just found when I was messing around. Right. And, and uh, I think that they, the starting running back right would uh, just transferred out of there and uh, they're having problems on the offensive line. And at some point, enough into the season, and I'm not sure that we're at that point yet, right? But at some point, when you get far enough into the season, things stop becoming an anomaly and they start becoming who you are, right? And 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 we're close to that with Clemson right now, right? I mean, you're going to yep. get beat by Georgia Tech, and 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 almost beat by Georgia Tech, and, and, and NC State, and, and NC State's a good squad, but come on, you know, you look at the recruiting profiles, and oh yeah, that's just who they are, I think, at this point. So. As far as stock down with the ACC, how can you really give any credit to even any of these other teams that might make a run, like NC State or Wake, right? If if your marquee win for the season is Clemson, it's you nothing stay there. down, and it's Especially not just Clemson,
1: UNC, Miami. I mean, all the schools that were preseason top twenty-five teams have all lost two games. I mean, and what you're saying about Clemson, they've had an amazing run but they're finally getting injury hits and it happens to be on the same year that they don't have a generational talent at QB to cover it up. I mean, DJ's probably a solid quarterback. Like he's still young. I'm sure he'll be fine, but he might not be elite. And without that elite QB and losing some players on defense to injuries, I mean, the cracks are there clearly. Yeah, uh, he's in big trouble here.
0: The ACC is in big trouble, Freed. And you could argue that Miami might also be in big trouble, but the ACC's never been more wide open for the taking. And the last time I checked, the University of Miami has yet to play a conference game this season. But Freed and Johnny, we've got a conference matchup coming up this week. So what do you say, boys? It's time for us to transition over to a little mini segment. We're going to check in on these kombucha canes kombucha canes
1: so prior to last week's awesome college game day like most of you i watched college game day and on that show kirk herb had a few things to say about miami that got a lot of people in the program real riled up he essentially said that the management of the university including the president and the athletic director are not working together with the football program to promote Miami ever getting to the point of returning. So I'd like to hear your guys' thoughts. I mean, do you think Miami's doomed to never be back? What do you think about what Kirk had to say? Want to start us off, Alex?
0: So I find myself vacillating back and forth depending on who I listen to week to week. Um, I was listening to the Dan Levitard show the other day and they had Billy Corbin on talking about basically backing up everything that um, Kirk Herbshoot was saying. I think Kirk was referencing an article by, I think it was Barry Jackson um, who wrote that in the Miami Herald talking about how the administration has basically given up on supporting Miami football. And I think to a certain degree, I do agree with the fact that we do need to temper our expectations. Um, I feel like every year looking at like the state of the U blog, like, like on average, everybody just expects Miami to go 10 and two every single year. And then when we inevitably wind up nine and four, everybody like is losing their minds about why we have, you know, what could have been um, or when we end up like eight and whatever, eight and five, eight and four. So I feel like we're so, we're not close to be competing for the college football playoff in its current state of a four team cycle. It's just, I don't see it really ever happening. Um, But I don't see why we can't compete to win the ACC Coastal because looking at the North Carolina, Virginia Techs, Georgia Techs, um, that are, you know, that are around us based on just like the talent that just falls into our lap. Um, I feel like even with like, I don't know, it's, it should be possible for us to be better than, than those teams. So I, I hold out a certain degree of hope, um, but I, uh, I do know that me attending the 2001 Rose Bowl, um, I'm not sure if I'm going to attend another Rose Bowl in the next 20 years of my life. So that's kind of where I'm at with the the current state of the program. What do you think, Johnny?
2: What do I think? Um, I think that, um, no, I think the short answer is no, Miami football is not dead. I think that um, it would be short-sighted and uh, reactionary to the present circumstances to say that when you are in one of, if, not the most fertile recruiting areas in the country. If not the best recruiting area in the country, it, it is right there with some other California, Texas, some, some other uh, very short list of, of, of areas. And although um, it is true that the uh, current recruits weren't alive the last time Miami won a national championship, <laughs> I think that the, the brand is strong enough nationwide and especially in Miami um that they're always going to be in the game for some of these five-star guys right and you can see it right now right they're down you got James Williams and you got Leonard Taylor right and um everybody in the country wanted these two kids and Miami got them even though you know say what you want about Diaz and say what you want if you could get a couple five-star kids like that and if the game day coaching got a little bit better and they start to win a couple of games that they've been losing for the past 20 years, I think that's what all of us as Miami fans are kind of just like, kind of like, so losing is so ingrained in our head right now, that we forget what it's like to win. Right. But like we used to win these games back in the late nineties, right. We used to beat everybody, even when we weren't supposed to. And that's what made Miami Miami. Right. And that's what they're still selling these kids on when they recruit them there, and that's when you get a Jans when you get a Taylor to go there, but it just hasn't shown up on the field yet, right? But if it does start to show up on the field, and I hope that's with Manny, right? But if it's not with Manny, it's with a different coach, then it's with a different coach. But if that starts to happen, I think it's very short-sighted to think that Miami cannot come back. I understand the reasons why people say they can't, the resources and the facilities. And, you know, now we have Herb Street coming out and, and, and the bear talking about uh, the administration's will and, and, and where their uh, focus is, you know, do they care more about the football team or more about the medical school and, and, and things like that. But I mean, I'm just looking at the top 25 on my screen right now, right? And uh, what do I see on there? Oregon, uh, I see Cincinnati, I see, you know, Arkansas. Oregon's there got Nike. Day. You know, Oregon.
0: Yeah, Oregon a tough Cincinnati, one to start with, but yeah. But Cincinnati,
2: Cincinnati BYU, Coastal Carolina on oh, the top fifteen or sixteen. To me, there's no reason that if the ball starts rolling right, that they can't at some point come back. Now, is that is that day anywhere in the near future? I would say no, right? Because it's such a total rip it down and rebuild it right now that. I, I don't know that it's going to come anytime soon, but I think that to say that it's dead, I think, is a bit reactionary to the uh, current state of affairs going on down there.
1: Well, Miami would be in the top twenty-five if they didn't decide to start their season with Alabama. Maybe if we would have played Central Michigan or something, but
0: <laughs> we only lost
1: to Central Michigan. <laughs> I think Miami fans do need to temper expectations. I think we're a little bit crazy, even on a year like this, where realistically we knew we weren't going to win the national championship. I still thought we were going to beat Alabama and we're going to go to the national championship. I still had that glimmer of hope
0: inside me and I need to crush that glimmer of hope because (laughs) it's unrealistic. It's the hope that kills you, Freed. So uh, we need to temper our expectations in general about Miami football. Looking to this Thursday night, home matchup against uva as brennan armstrong comes to town and boy am i afraid of a guy whose last name is armstrong when your quarterback's last name is armstrong i don't care if you play for virginia commonwealth i'm still gonna be a little bit afraid of you until you show me otherwise i feel like that guy's got some big time throws on his resume i don't know so i'm should i be should i temper my expectations right now should i temper them this week
1: No. I mean,
0: here's the thing. The goal should not be to make the college football playoffs.
1: The goal should be to win the ACC Coastal. And Miami is the best team in the ACC Coastal on paper. And so Johnny mentioned if that game day coaching was just a little bit better. I'm going to take it a step further because I think it's more than just the game day coaching. I think it's the coaching culture. Obviously, our administration isn't as football focused as a Texas A&M type that's going to spend as much money as it takes to have a great football program. That's not Miami, but you have to hit on your head coach. And I'm at the point right now where I don't think Manny Diaz is ever going to be the guy. I don't want a hard reset because that just sets us back so far. And you don't know if the next guy is going to be better, but I think my Miami has a ceiling with Manny as a nine to 10 win team. I don't see Miami ever taking that next step under Manny. I think there's fundamental issues with how he gets his players prepared, how he runs his strength and conditioning program and how he handles accountability because instead of hiring a better defensive coordinator, he fired his protege who basically ran his defense. He had to do something, but let's not get it twisted. Blake Baker ran Manny's
2: defense. I don't think that you need to, uh, from an administration level, go all in with, like, you don't need to hire Urban Meyer to win, right? You don't need this like the top, you know, name and coaching and the most expensive guy out there to win, right? Other programs are showing this. Look at this, uh, the guy at uh, at Arkansas, Pittman, right? I, 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 mean, I mean, the guy comes in there and changes the whole thing around in a year. He just came in there and he got tough. And now Arkansas is a tough hard-nosed team and uh, that's why I kind of want Mario here I you know he wouldn't be my first guy but whatever he's tough but everything that Freed said about Manny is I would echo the same sentiment right it's 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 not just a lack of game day coaching or or an uh, inability to game day coach It, it goes much deeper than that they're the number 129 team per pro football focus for tackling wise right? There's only one team worse. And I think they were, I think they were the worst before they played central Connecticut. Right. And then what happens, Barry Jackson, or one of these guys asked Manny at the, at the press conference, what the hell are you doing? Why can't you guys tackle? And he says, you know, we, you know, we don't practice it or whatever. And it turns into this whole big thing. And now next thing you know, it's Herb Street and this, and it's Manny responding. It's, it's a mess. The guy just does not have a grip on the program down there conversely i listened to eli and peyton do the uh monday night show last night and saban came on obviously you can't really compare anybody to saban he's the best that's ever done it but just the the difference in uh demeanor right and the difference in just uh confidence man he's trying too hard right pulling up on the yacht (laughs) trying
1: to fake it till he made it Exactly. And now it just looks. Tired. He made it exactly. um, So it's funny you mentioned the thing about tackling, the not tackling in practice thing. Actually, doesn't bother me. There's a lot of literature out there about that kind of being the smart idea in terms of keeping your players fresh. But the thing is, our kids just have awful tackling technique. And Manny's a defensive guy, like he's a safety and a linebackers coach, and the kids can't tackle. They get targeting every game. They tackle with their head down, and that's. I mean, it's just straight technique. And that's Manny's thing. I mean, if they can't tackle, what are they going
2: to do? Not, not only the tackling, but when you talk about it being Manny's thing, his position coach is linebacker too. And I, I mean, do you talk about recruiting failures over the past five years? Huge. And, and again, like you said too, Freed, this is his defense. And when you said that Blake Baker ran his defense, I, I again, agree with that too. And he made Baker the scapegoat. Fine. Now I took over play calling again, though. And, you know, you, you you put all this pressure on your linebackers to clean up for what your defensive tackles leave in the cutback lanes when you want to shoot them up the gaps and, and, and shoot them off field. And you're recruiting these small linebackers that can't shed blocks and can't fill the gap to make plays. You put so much pressure on your safeties on the third level there to, to, to fill the gap, to be responsible for coverage over the top. It's just a, such a poorly schemed defense in my view and not only is it poorly schemed but it's he's done a poor job of recruiting to fit the needs of the scheme especially at the position that he is the position coach for so i cannot really give this guy a pass on anything you know and uh he was the defensive coordinator as you guys know for years before he became the head coach and how do you give this guy a pass i mean he rel- wanted to turn it around, but
1: yeah. He relied on havoc creating confusion and heavily, heavily relied on just studs like Shaq Pinckney and Jaquan Johnson to clean up the the just shit that was thrown out there. And when you take those guys away and you're relying on the scheme to create the havoc, now that people have it on film, it's just it's predictable. And the cutback lanes, like you said. That's been Miami's arch nemesis for the past four years. And it's just a constant thing, and teams know that. Well, we shot on Manny for about 10 minutes, so I guess we can move on. I don't really have much content on what to expect from Virginia. Do you guys have anything?
2: Well, um, I would say that uh, Virginia has the second-rated overall pass offense in the country for PFF.
0: Uh Uh-oh. Armstrong.
2: Yeah, yeah. Um, I've watched them play once or twice and, uh, well, they also have the 120th overall defensive rating overall. So
0: where's central Connecticut state in that?
2: Well, they're FCS, or (laughs) they don't don't show up on that, but, uh, uh, the teams that are, are below Virginia, central Connecticut state might hop one or two of them. They're bad. Right. 120th out of 130s is a bad rating, right? They're a bad defense, and uh, you know the, the question just becomes: Can can the two young quarterbacks take advantage of that, right? And if they could, I think it could be a real fun game. There could be fireworks, right? I think Armstrong's probably gonna hit um, a couple explosive plays against against Miami, right? Um, but I think that they're there. Uh, Virginia's can be had too. Um, so, uh, you know, if I was going to bet it, I would lean towards the over for that reason. Both teams are also very poor at tackling. So I wouldn't be surprised to see a couple explosive long plays, broken tackles. You know, we saw it this weekend with Rashard Smith, you know, he, he broke a tackle or two on like the one of the early plays of the game and took it to the right. house. So I wouldn't be surprised to see that kind of stuff again, but I just hope that uh, number one, Miami quarterbacks can go punch for punch with armstrong and number two that um their defense miami's defense is can put enough of the clamps on to make it where you, you don't have to score 40 points to win here right i mean uh, i i think that you hold them to 28 something like that i think that it's realistic to expect a win but um you gotta you get some turnovers on.
1: right i mean the turnover chain that's a whole nother topic
0: all right boys well you know we've given a nice little uh, i feel like a good little barometer on the state of the miami hurricanes program but boys i am all college footballed out for a second i need to take a sip of this delicious gt strawberry serenity and put a little peaceful mindfulness in my life again mm. you know that's why it's time for the next little segment of our show which is of course the Bucha Barometer. Bucha Barometer.
1: Let's talk about what we're drinking here in this GT's Strawberry Serenity. Pretty simple ingredient list. I'm actually pretty surprised. We got GT's Kombucha, strawberry juice, and as always for GT's, Johnny, 100% pure love. Can you feel
0: it?
2: I uh, Yeah, I do feel it. Yes. Yeah, so- so-
1: no puree,
0: Alex. I mean, there's a yeah. big flavor bomb in here from this strawberry juice. i was surprised by that. But I also, like, when was the last time you had strawberry juice? I didn't even know
1: that existed.
0: Yeah. So I feel like that's, like, calling a, something by a different name. But, like, strawberries. Now, we've talked about this, Johnny, from CFB. Um, blueberries, as a flavor class, do not stand very well by themselves without pumping in a bunch of extra sugar. So when I'm eating a blueberry, it's a pretty like benign taste. There's not too much going on. I love, I like blueberries, but there's not a huge flavor pop there. Now with a strawberry, if you'll remember Fried was my number one pick in the berry draft from last week. Strawberry has that natural sweetness that's built right into the little flavor. So the strawberry juice coming off of this is making this very, very sweet. This is tasting almost like an after-dinner dessert drink.
1: Yeah, real fruity, real bright, real sweet. It goes real well with that natural tartness of the kombucha. It's not like a, an overpoweringly sour flavor that just makes it too tart. And I'm happy with this. It's, um, it's, it's a solid booch.
2: I personally, I think you're selling the blueberry short. Uh, It is my uh, 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 go-to ingredient in a smoothie. And uh, it's my base always. I always work around the blueberry. So maybe it doesn't jump out at you with the flavor burst of a strawberry, but it is a solid base.
0: Well, let me just say that It's like like
2: the offensive line of fruits.
0: (laughs) Sorry. So let me just say this though. So the Blueberry was, I believe, the number three pick on my draft. I think I had Strawberries, Berry Sanders, Blueberries, and then Dingleberries were my final pick. So Blueberries did make it one slot above Dingleberries on my Berry draft, and I'm not disagreeing with you, berry, Blueberries are a fantastic thing. I love having a Blueberry jam, I love having a Blueberry pie. But in order to have a blueberry jam and blueberry pie, you have to fill a thing with sugar. You have to put tons and tons of sugar in it. And the fact that you're using it as a base implies that you're putting in a bunch of other flavors in there to kind of spice things up a little bit. I would never just have like a straight up blueberry smoothie, but it's a great flavor combination, like a mixed berry smoothie. But I mean, don't sleep on a strawberry banana smoothie either. We'll get back into this booch later to give it a a nice little rating uh, later on in the show. But before we do that, boys, it's time to bring you to our final segment of the show. We've told you what we're drinking, the GT Strawberry Serenity. We've told you what we're thinking, whose strawberry stocks are up and who's down, who are our Heisman favorites, why Manny Diaz sucks. It's now time. It's now time for the last segment of Ball, And that is, of course, who we're picking. Who we're picking. All right, gang, we're here. It's time to make some picks. And uh, luckily for all of you lovely Boochie and Boocher listeners out there, we have one of the sharpest minds in college football with us. You've listened to him so far give us some really, really in-depth knowledge of the college football landscape. We have Johnny here from CFB Edge. Now, Johnny, tell us a little bit about what you're doing with CFB Edge.
2: Thanks for having me, guys. I had a good time here tonight. Really, I'm just trying to share knowledge that I have with with other people. I'm not trying to help picks. I'm not trying to sell picks, anything like that. It's more just a general college football uh, fan channel, but it's kind of got to focus on gambling.
1: And I will also add that Johnny provides some good insight into some group of five teams. Teams that sometimes we get to cover in our sediment picks.
0: Mm, very nice. Well, Freed, why don't you say we check in with this week's upcoming slate?
1: Yeah, so this is a big week in college football. Not going <laughs> to lie, there's, there's so many big games. Unfortunately, we're only covering four. Of them. I guess only three of them are actually big games, but we'll get to that in a second. <laughs> so at noon, we've got Arkansas traveling to Georgia, who's favored by 18 and a half. In the afternoon... Cincinnati minus two and a half at Notre Dame, Old Miss at Alabama, favored by 14 and a half. Each week, we do what we like to call our sediment pick, Johnny, and that's where we scrape the bottom of the college football barrel. A lot of times, that's fun group of five matchups, crazy rivalries, anti rivalries, whatever we feel like. But today, we're going deep, deep into the barrel for probably the worst matchup of the season when UConn travels to
0: Nashville, Tennessee to face Vanderbilt. Yes. Awesome. Oh, I'm so excited. I'm more excited for that game than any other game on the slate.
2: You want to hear something sick? I actually bet that game at the opener. I got Vanderbilt minus 13 and a half before it moved to 14 and a half. Oh, look sick. at
0: that. Look at which this guy. Yeah. This is that college yeah. football edge right there.
2: So we'll see. Vanderbilt, if you look at their 24-7 ratings – There are, I think, the number 59 team where UConn's like 126. But other than that, both of these teams are in the bottom 10 in pretty much every category, if not the bottom five. So, yeah, this is the toilet bowl. Let's jump
1: right into the sediment pick, then. What we like to do before the sediment pick is we finish our booch, get all that beautiful cultures that's sitting there at the bottom. All right, so, Johnny, cat's out of the bag. I assume you're running with Vanderbilt here.
2: Gone to my head. Yeah. I'll I'll take Vanderbilt. Yeah.
1: Yeah. All right. I am right there with you. I like Vanderbilt here too. They've been playing real teams and now they get to play UConn. I think they're going to take out all that anger that getting just decimated by Georgia is going to bring and hopefully cover that two touchdown spread. What do you got, Alex?
0: Well, boys being from Connecticut, I had no choice, but to pick against Connecticut because everyone in Connecticut knows how much UConn sucks. I've got Vanderbilt covering this one. Let's get to the main slate. We got Arkansas
1: heading into Athens.
0: Woo, Pig Suey freed. The Razorbacks are getting no love with this 18 and a half point spread. I got the pigs, the Razorbacks. Woo. I do too. I think 18 and a half
1: points is too much. I think they can make this into a competitive game before Georgia pulls away late.
2: Let's make it a clean sweep. I'm going to take Arkansas too. Woo pig suey. Two great defenses, 18 and a half. is just, give me the points.
0: Love it. And with our next pick on the slate, the lane train is making its way to Tuscaloosa as Ole Miss takes on Alabama, who are 14 and a half point favorites. Freed, who do you got in that one?
1: Going with the same boat as our previous pick. I'm taking the points and taking the underdog, Ole Miss, to make this into a competitive game. It's going to be a shootout.
2: I'm with Freed on this one, and I'll even take it a step further. And I'll say that Ole Miss has a chance to win this thing outright. I would even uh, sprinkle a little bit on the money line. 2021 college football, it's been the year of the upset, and uh, why not this weekend? Choo-choo! Chugga, chugga, chugga,
0: chugga, 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 chugga. All aboard the lane train, boys. Wow. Well, let's make it a three for three. I am also with Ole Miss with Matt Corral as our QB of the century. I got the Rebs. (laughs) I have a
1: bad feeling there's a four for four coming here.
0: To clean this thing up, the Cincinnati Bearcats travel to South Bend, Indiana.
2: For the Notre Dame game, I'm going to uh, fade Notre Dame, but I think this one's going to be a low-scoring battle. So I would bet it under if I was going to bet it. I would also take Cincinnati. I'd probably split that bet up.
1: Uh-oh, Freed. We've had Notre Dame on the slate three weeks in a row. Each of the past two weeks, I've taken Notre Dame to cover the spread, and each of the past two weeks, they have done so.
0: No more. Cincinnati. Show me your claws, Freed. I'm right there with you. The Bearcats, (laughs) another four out of four. Freed and I are synced up with our picks, which means the score of the Miami-Virginia game is going to be a very, very important tiebreaker this week, boys. Speaking of
1: tiebreakers, we haven't gone through last week's slate yet. Last week, Alex won the boot bet. As we had the same 4-for-4 four four picks, we both went 3-and-1, and Alex won the tiebreaker on the Miami score prediction.
0: You just need to Venmo me
1: 5 bucks right now. <laughs> yes. Yeah, we went 3-and-1. The Bucci's went 2-and-2. Two two. They decided not to agree with us on one of the games and their loss.
0: That's what happens. Well, Bucci's, we have a college football edge. Wow, what does it say about our show that we all went 4-for-4 four four? Matching up with what Johnny from CFB Edge had picked. Well, let's uh let's go ahead and see what the tiebreakers are.
2: Maybe a little bit of orange and green glasses, but I do expect a high scoring game. I'm gonna go 38 to 35 Miami.
1: I live in the realm of orange and green glasses. I've said 40 points for Miami every single game this season, even against Alabama, and we have been so, so wrong. I tempered expectations a little bit last week, put us in the 40s. We dropped 69. So what else can I do? But give us Miami another 40-point game. I'm going 40-31, to Canes.
0: Well, boys, this is going to be a nice little tiebreaker here because I am tempering my expectations as Brennan Armstrong comes to town. It's a Thursday night in Miami. I think we're overreacting after beating a Central Connecticut state team. Guys, I have Virginia 34, Miami 31. Ooh. I hate to do it, but I'm tempering my expectations, Reed. I got to practice what I preach. Hey, that's fair. All right, well, uh, how about we rate
2: our booches? Yeah, I'm, I'm going to give it a 7.2. I'm tempted to go even higher than that, but I'm I'm just I believe my previous booch experience was was working off a bad batch. Rancid it booch. was in my <laughs> right. So I'm like trying to not go too high. Yeah. To 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 make up for that, that like, wow, oh, I, I really like this stuff, but no, I do. This is delicious. And uh yeah, I would buy it again for sure. Yeah.
0: Yeah. I am I'm right there with you, Johnny. I thought this was a delicious booch. And i think i'm taking into account for what this is this isn't gonna be a go-to boots for me that i'm just kind of like casually drinking throughout the day i think this is going to be more of a boots that i'm drinking for the sweetness i'm drinking it as like a little dessert i'm drinking this as a little treat but as that as a little treat especially if i pour this over ice because I like pouring my booch over ice, which I know you did, Johnny. I think that would have maybe diluted it a little bit, because it the, the sweetness hit me a little too strong for me to say that this is an outright eight. It's not fully, fully delicious. But what I will say is that it's delicious enough for me to give this a seven point eight. Nice score, Alex. I second everything you said. I think it's a
1: little bit on the sweet side. I like when GTs throw something unexpected in there, like a random herb or spice or a fruit you've never heard of. But this is just the
0: straight strawberry juice. Man, all around, it's a solid booch. I'm going to go 7.5 here. So, Johnny, what we do here on Booch Ball is Freed has a robot named the ETF5Bot. And what the ETF five bot does is he calculates all of our scores together and spits out what the boot score is and tells us where everything falls on the Bootcha big board. So ETF five bot, what do you say we fire you up over there?
1: Beep, boop,
0: boop, boop, Easy math. Average score is 7.5. Meet in the middle. That's a strong
1: score. We got ourselves a top 10 boot here. Whoa,
0: Johnny,
2: can you believe it? Yeah, I'm looking to uh, try like, a homemade booch I, I, I gotta get down and, and see free to get some homemade boots here
0: absolutely i'm sure he'd come going down him. to h town probably one of the few houston booch makers out there oh look at that it's a tie
1: yeah so we've got a tie here for what is this now
0: that's ninth nine place. and ten
1: yeah tie for ninth place with the health aid cayenne cleanse so hmm. we got ourselves a top 10 booch Johnny, I'd be glad to share with you our Bucha Big Board, give you some recommendations now that you're a Bucci of fishing in <laughs> oh,
0: Well, Johnny from CFB Edge, it was an absolute pleasure having you. It's pretty fun watching you guys go at it from the stat department. Where should we find you out there on the internet?
2: You can find me at CFB Edge on Twitter.
0: We will be putting our Bucha picks of the week up on Twitter in
1: poll form. For you guys to go in and vote and pick who you think is going to cover.
0: We'll see if you guys can beat the three of us. Boochies, trust us. Ride with us, okay, Boochies? We, we never lead you astray, okay? Thank you for joining us for Bucci Ball with the GT's Strawberry Serenity. And boys, it was a pleasure being with all of you. And for all you Boochies out there, have a peaceful, serene Thursday night. Stay cultured. Peace.